0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, America Remains a Nation Divided. Which is why a new initiative launched this week aims to bring people together for real, meaningful conversations with one another, despite our differences. Are we ready to listen to each other again? Also this morning, Finley High School Head Coach Jim Rookie previews the Trojans' showdown with St. John's in tonight's Division I District Final. Weekend is coming up. It seems you can't go anywhere these days without seeing someone with a hard seltzer in their hand. What's behind this craze that has become the fastest growing trend in the adult beverage industry? And you asked, we deliver. Yummy recipes for a made from scratch family pizza night highlight this week's collection from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, March 5th, 2021.
1: WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast is calling for sunny skies today and a high of 40. Mostly clear tonight with a low 25. Governor DeWine gave a special COVID-19 address on Thursday, one year after the state's battle with the virus began.
2: We did what Ohioans
3: always do. We rallied together. We showed the world our Ohio grit.
1: The governor implored Ohioans to keep battling, saying the end of the fight is now in view. He also gave a target for when all health orders will be lifted. He said that when Ohio gets down to 50 cases per 100,000 people for two weeks, all health orders will come off. The state is currently at 179 cases per 100,000 people. In related news, free COVID-19 test kits are now available at the Findlay hancock County Public Library. The self-administered at-home rapid antigen test kits have been provided by the Ohio Department of Health and Hancock Public Health at no cost. The test provides results in minutes and detects the virus in the early stages when people are most infectious. Get more on our website. Four Hancock County entities will receive a total of $16,000 in funding through the 2021 Hancock County Community Partnerships Prevention and Wellness mini-grant program. The program is operated in conjunction with the Hancock County Board of Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services. Receiving $5,000 grants are the Hancock County Veterans Service Office, the LGBTQ Spectrum of Findlay, and Corey Ross and local schools. The Family and Children First Council was awarded a $1,000 grant. Find more on how these many grants will be utilized on our website. The Finley Trojan basketball team is playing in the Division One District Championship tonight. AJ drives, goes up high, and lays it in! It's a nice play by AJ, going to his right, getting it up off the glass. That was one of their buckets against Toledo St. Francis earlier this week. Tonight, the Trojans will be taking on Toledo St. John's for the district title. Finley beat St. John's by one point last month in a regular season game. Tonight's championship game is at 7, and our coverage here on WFIN begins at 6.40. More news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm John Marshall with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM.
0: There is always a reason to celebrate each and every day. And today, a little fashion uh, heads up for you. Today is Dress in Blue Day. Dress in Blue Day. I don't know why. I don't know what the significance is. But today is Dress in Blue Day. It is also Employee Appreciation Day. National cheese doodle day <laughs> by, buy your employees, some cheese doodles and you'll be covered. It is the national day of unplugging the national day of unplugging today. It is real film day, real R E E L as in reels of film, real film day. And uh, today is also the World Day of Prayer, so let's not forget that. So I have to admit, I, it's kind of ironic, it's the National Day of Unplugging. We don't want to do that because we uh, end up off the air doing the, uh, doing the show from the home studio. Uh, once again this morning, we're in the bunker. And um, I have to admit today that I am here doing the show in my PJs. <laughs> It's a Friday. I mean, come on. so I'm just I'm just here lounging in my PJs. A uh, lot of Americans uh, have done that over the past uh, course of the past year, staying at home, working remotely, and all of that. Um, but at least one company believes that we are ready to get dressed again. The CEO of the Gap uh, told Fox Business, the other day, that they are predicting a rebound in sales in the second half of this year. Sonia Singal says, we are quite optimistic. We do think that there is going to be this peacocking effect that happens as people emerge from COVID. Uh, After many of us have been staying at home, working from home in sweatpants and PJs, Uh, We are going to be eager to buy clothes again and update our wardrobe once all of this is over. That's what The Gap believes. Uh, They predicted yesterday that sales would continue to be dragged down by the pandemic for the first half of this year, but would return to uh, more normal pre-pandemic levels in the second half of 2021. So, there you go. I guess what what they're really saying is don't expect a whole lot of sales. A whole lot of discounted sales in the second half of 2021 because they think the demand is going to be uh, is going to be high. Uh, Speaking of the uh, pandemic, uh, boy, you know, restaurants have really taken a beating over the course of the past year. And now here is the latest thing that they don't need. Restaurants across the U.S. uh, are getting slammed by people scamming them for refunds. The Los Angeles based restaurant Spoon by H wrote uh, in a post on February 22nd, we are heartbroken to find ourselves sharing the very news we had hoped we would never have to have Spoon by H will be closing. Uh, Although we put up our very best fight and, and this is the thing, a lot of restaurants have closed. But what was interesting about this? Is that although we put up our very, very best fight, we could no longer hold out against the growing barrage of fraudulent disputed charges and the countless refunds we've had to issue. Uh, another restaurant, Bell's Barbecue, based in Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Vegas, has reportedly been affected by this new Dine and Dash scam. It is. It's the online equivalent of Dine and Dash, where people go in and then skip out on the bill. This is the online equivalent using third-party delivery apps. Uh, This restaurant's owner says he and his team try to be thorough when they fulfill orders, but sometimes items can be marked as incorrect, which usually results in a partial or full refund from most delivery services. And that's one of the things that Grubhub and DoorDash and all of those Uber Eats have these policies that, hey, You order through us, and if your order is wrong, we'll refund your money. Well, of course, what they do is they charge back the restaurant. So people have figured this out and are scamming the restaurants by claiming that they got an incorrect order. They get their refund. The restaurant gets charged back. You get free food, and the restaurant um, gets screwed, basically. Now, Grubhub and DoorDash, for their part, have released statements saying that they do not tolerate misuse of their platforms. Uh, And uh, Postmates and Uber Eats, the other players in the meal delivery service, food delivery service uh, space, both have uh, policies on their websites that are in place to address potential fraud. But it's still happening. As for Spoon by H, the uh, uh, L.A. restaurant, That has been basically driven out of business by this. A GoFundMe campaign was started by a customer that raised nearly $72,000 for the restaurant. So I don't know if they have reconsidered their decision to close or not, if that's enough. But that's anyway, kind of interesting stuff. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's just a horrible thing. So this is the big controversy that everybody's been buzzing about this week. Uh, the uh, the banning of these Dr. Seuss books. Uh, apparently, there were about a half a dozen Dr. Seuss titles that were deemed offensive because they contain imagery that promotes racial stereotypes. And so the family of Dr. Seuss and the publisher uh, of the book says that they will no longer publish some of these books. And as predictably... Dr. Seuss is now an Amazon bestseller. Uh, The Cat in the Hat appears to be the new must-have book. Now, I don't think The Cat in the Hat is not one of those that's been canceled. Uh, But there are others. but, But this whole controversy with Dr. Seuss moved all of his books up to the top of the bestseller list. Eight titles. Well, nine with The Cat in the Hat. Uh, nine titles are now on top of the, uh, Amazon bestseller list. Uh, cat in a hat is number one, one fish, two fish, red fish, boo fish is number two, followed by, Oh, the places you'll go. Uh, and it goes on to say the, uh, the list does not include these six books discontinued to how they portray, uh, minority characters. Many booksellers have already sold out of those fans are now scooping them up on eBay paying up to $5,000, but even eBay now says that they're not going to allow listings for the canceled books, the discontinued books. So anyway, but if you do want to lay your hands on them, this is kind of interesting. The New York Public Library says they will keep all of those titles on their shelves despite the decision to stop publishing them uh, because of the uh, controversial imagery A spokeswoman for the New York Public Library said it will keep the controversial titles in circulation because it is not their policy. It is not their job to censor books, and uh, they will continue to lend them out uh, until their condition deteriorates to the point where they can't because it happens all the time with with books. They eventually just wear out. But until then, you will still be able to check out the canceled books From the New York Public Library. As with all libraries in the New York Public Library system, we do not censor books. So anyway, just thought that was going to be... And uh, what else is uh, going on? Oh, excuse me. Here is... (laughs) This is exactly what we need. I mean, we're just now getting to the point where we may be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel the coronavirus pandemic if you were worried about what may happen next well here we have it Uh, the cdc wants to make sure everyone is ready just in case of a zombie apocalypse (laughs) apparently i don't know if you knew this apparently nostradamus predicted a zombie apocalypse in 2021 I had no idea, but apparently there's this thing out there that says Notre Dame predicted a zombie apocalypse this year. A book with his last predictions was found at a library in Rome. It said a Russian scientist will allegedly create a biological weapon and produce a virus to turn people into zombies. Great. We just figure out what to do about COVID and now we're going we're gonna to have this virus turning people into zombies. That's just what we need. The CDC responded in a blog post sharing tips on how to survive. Uh, They say, have an emergency kit. (laughs) That's number one. Make a family plan with a meeting place. Tip number two, plan an evacuation route with several ways to get out of town because you never know, the zombies might block your number one escape route, so have several alternates. And most importantly, don't fear. They say they are prepared and they would treat a zombie infestation just like they would any other virus outbreak. So I don't know how that makes you feel. I probably, I don't know how reassuring that is. It depends on how you feel they've handled this outbreak, but there you go. The CDC says they are fully prepared for the zombie apocalypse right that's just what we need there you go some of the most uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your friday morning started here today well between the effects of a contentious election the protests over racial justice the me too movement and more the united states is a nation divided this week, the Ad Council is launching a new partnership between its award-winning Love Has No Labels campaign and StoryCorps, the national nonprofit dedicated to recording, preserving, and sharing the stories of Americans of all backgrounds and beliefs, calling on Americans to have meaningful conversations where we actually listen to each other despite our differences. Dave Isay is an author, documentarian, and founder of StoryCorps. Dave, we have been divided before i mean you just go back 50 or 60 years to the 60s and 70s and many of these same issues were front and center then what is the difference now chris hi thanks for having me on um
3: well you know i think when when you look at polling the vast majority of americans feel that the country is more divided now than it has ever been before i think what we're seeing now that's so dangerous and the reason that we are um, you know, launching this intervention that we have through StoryCorps in this campaign with the Ad Council is a danger of contempt. There's nothing wrong with arguing. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing. But more and more, we're seeing people across divides as um, as less than human. Um, we're we're seeing we're we're treating them with contempt. You know the, the and we know what happens in a society when people start to see one another as less than human. If you look at Nazi Germany, the the Nazis called Jews and um, others. Plinter mentioned less than human. Slavery was all about dehumanization, what happened in Rwanda. And, um, you know, I don't have to tell you what the poll numbers look like, but, you know, that's where we're going in the United States. And the concern is that a democracy can't survive in a swamp of mutual contempt. So we're working with the Ad Council to try to convince the country that it's our patriotic duty to see the humanity in people. Uh, across the political divides and people we disagree with,
0: you know, it's interesting. We talk about uh, you know times of division before the civil rights movement, the Civil War, for crying out loud. The difference is uh, obviously today, and I wonder how much this influences uh, things like the weariness of the pandemic. Uh, which I know when I'm when I'm tired, I get grumpy with my wife, and as a co- as a country, we're very tired and very weary of this, and we kind of get collectively grumpy. And then, of course, we have this in incendiary little thing known as social media which we have not had in the past
3: yeah i mean i think when you look at um i mean you bring up a lot of points first of all um i do think that this um culture of contempt um is very much like a virus that is spreading and we need to figure out a way to uh throw throw the brakes on it and we also have you know we have this multi-billion dollar um, hate industrial complex, you know media and social media that is completely incentivized where people are getting rich by dividing us um, and uh, and there has to be a counterbalance to that, so um, that we have developed um, this intervention storyCorps is um, is uh, uh, has been around for about seventeen years. The idea itself is very simple um, and is not one small step it's different. We have these booths where you bring a grandparent, a parent. And you interview them about their lives for 40 minutes in this soundproof kind of sacred space. Um, ask them um, questions you don't normally get to ask because, as you know, it's, it's just audio. A microphone gives you the license to talk about things you've never talked about before. Mm-hmm. At the end of the 40 minutes, you get a copy and another stays with us and goes to the Library of Congress your great-great-grandchildren could get to know your grandmother through her voice and story. So um, we've had about 750,000 people across the country participate. It's the largest collection of human voices ever gathered, and essentially we're, um, we're kind of gathering, collecting the wisdom of humanity. People are talking about what they've learned in life. You know, you know they're speaking to future generations. And we've created, in, in the face of the growing culture of contempt, you know, we are a nonprofit, as you said, we're in the human connection business, and we created a new kind of intervention that is quite different than the standard StoryCorps interview, and it is called One Small Step, where we're matching strangers across the political divide and um, putting them together to have conversations, not about politics, but just to get to know each other as human beings. Um, and that is, um, you know, it's a small step, but it is a step that hopefully takes us just a bit Oh, back from this abyss that we're standing uh, at here in the United States and you know the kind of dangers that are associated with neighbors hating neighbors. I mean, you've seen the polls. Mm-hmm. More than half of all Americans just in the past few weeks say that the greatest threat to this country comes from our fellow citizens. Much more Americans say than from COVID or from you know um, our international adversaries. Yeah. So it's a dangerous and quickly escalating problem. Um, And, you know, we have to have the courage to say stop.
0: And it is uh, a bit ironic that in this age where we have more tools than ever before to connect with other people, that what seems to have been lost is the profound impact that engaging in a simple conversation with another human being uh, has in order to drive home that shared humanity
3: yeah, it's hard to hit up close. I mean that is the paradox of the age we're living in that we're in this communications age but um, the what the so, so much of the technology we've created is driving us farther and farther apart yeah now, that's not to say that all technology does it but I mean you just you just have to look around well in indeed this ad council campaign,
0: yeah. no i know i was gonna i was just gonna interject indeed we, you can use uh the same technology to foster these communications that you're talking about
3: absolutely and you know we before the pandemic hit all every single one of the hundreds of thousands of story interviews had been done face to face and when the pandemic hit we pivoted and created a digital platform to record these interviews and they have the same impact i mean the I I don't, it's a very profound and emotional experience to talk about your life in this way, to be listened to. Um, And that can happen, you know, we have a a special digital platform where for the time being all the one small step interviews are gonna happen, and it works. Um, So the technology doesn't necessarily have to divide us, but you know, I think that there are, you know, incentives and ways that this technology affects our brain chemistry. That um, causes a, um, uh, yeah. a cascading effect of um, fear and hate,
2: yeah. uh, which
3: so, is which is just. Uh, incredibly dangerous to the country.
0: So we have to be intentional about how we use this and not just kind of let us let it take us where we would maybe naturally go otherwise. So talk a little bit about uh, starting those conversations and and how to foster those those types of meaningful dialogues with others who uh, on these very uh, touchy issues you may disagree with vehemently. How do we get past that to have meaningful human conversations?
3: So we don't, you know, we, we may not get past our disagreements. Um, one small step, again, is just that first step. We do not encourage people to talk about politics, but we know that without having some kind of a social fabric, that there is no opportunity to talk about politics because it just devolves into screening. You know, in the history of um, communication, no one has ever been sworn at, screamed at, um, uh, disparaged into changing their mind. So the kind of conversations that we're having around politics are useless. This is just about getting to know each other as human beings. Um, if you go to the website that um, the ad council has set up, love has no slash one small step, um, you sign up. Uh, to um, to do an interview, you fill out a quick questionnaire and then you're matched with someone across the political divides. As part of that questionnaire, you fill out a um, biography, a brief biography that goes to your interview partner just with your first name. Um, and the interview starts with you um, reading your partner's biography to them and your partner reading your biography to you. And then you agree on questions you want to talk about. And people talk about kind of big life questions um, uh, what are the most important lessons you've learned or who are your parents or who are your grandkids? Um, and you know, in that, uh, people have this, uh, you know, really profound experience. I did a, an interview with someone just a couple weeks ago, um, who is completely different than me, someone I never would have spoken to otherwise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the end, she sent me an email that said, I came out of the conversation feeling exhilarated, heard, and respected. And that's what we hear over and over again at the end of all of these conversations. You know, the people, almost almost every single one, what you hear at the end of these conversations is, you know, after the pandemic, I want to have you over for dinner, or, you know, can I have your email address, or let's talk on the phone, I want to continue the conversation. Hmm. And that's maybe where um, you can start beginning to talk about politics, but with an undergirding of mutual respect and the fact that you see that person as a human being.
0: A little hope amid all of the rancor that we uh, hear and see today. Dave Isay, again, is uh, founder of StoryCorps. They have partnered with the Ad Council's uh, Love Has No Labels campaign to foster meaningful conversations where people actually listen to each other and discover that we have more in common than that which divides us. Uh, Dave, again, mention the website where folks can learn more about this campaign and participate. Sure.
3: It's lovehasnolabels.com
0: slash one small step, And we would encourage everyone to take part. It's just a, a wonderful campaign. Dave, thanks very much for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it.
3: Chris, I so appreciate it. You stay well, okay?
0: Really getting into the exciting part of the high school basketball tournament now. It is the district finals this weekend and the Findlay Trojans having dispatched uh, Toledo St. Francis earlier in the week now get the Knights' crosstown rival St. John's this evening for a district title. Best of luck to the Trojans. Earlier this week, our John Marshall spoke with head coach Jim Rookie for a preview of that showdown also talked a little bit about some of the changes in the structure of the high school basketball tournament this year whereby in the early rounds the higher seed got to host home games in the playoffs instead of having neutral sites all the way through from this week's coach's corner here is John Marshall with Finlay High School Trojans head coach Jim Rookie. Over the last several
1: years, there has been uh, some talk about moving the, the first round sectional games to the, the home higher seated uh, site. Do you think that the the pandemic has moved that forward so that will become more of a common thing?
4: Yeah, I think so. You know a lot it's nice having a home game, uh, but I'm not really a fan of it. you know I'm more of a traditionalist. Like I said, you know, you, you just go into tournament games the years you go over, and you, you know, maybe you go to Liberty Benton and uh, there's a doubleheader of district tournament, and, you know, it's Miller City versus uh, Arlington and, and Continental versus uh, Van Buren, and the place is packed, and, you know, uh, people waiting to get in, and, you know, you, you see two games, and, That just seems like tournament basketball to me.
1: Toledo St. John's in the district final. Again, that will be at Toledo Central Catholic. When you last met St. John's, A.J. Adams was in foul trouble for a good bit of the game. With a tough player like A.J. who can make such a difference, you don't want to take the edge off of that aggressiveness, but you still have to find a way to make sure that he can stay on the floor so he can make those things happen. How do you balance that?
4: Well, you know we just have to be smart and he has to be smart. And, uh, um, you know, last night he picked up two fouls, uh, with a minute to go in the first quarter, we kept him in, didn't take him out at all. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't pick up his third foul till probably a few minutes to go in the game. So he, he can play with fouls. He he knows how to do that. And we, we have to be smart maybe of getting them out in certain situations to avoid a foul. If he, if he picks up a couple, but, uh, there's no tomorrows, you know, so we, we want to have our best lineup out on the floor, and, uh, and and he's always part of that best lineup.
1: The regular season game with St. John's, a real battle. You came out on top 49-48. Are you expecting a similar matchup Friday night?
4: Yeah, I think so. You know, they, they are just really solid defensively. I said that the last time where they showed up in their Anthony Wayne game against Anthony Wayne. They just have five guys out there that can really guard. They're very versatile. Um, you know, they 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 got a lot of guys like AJ for us that you know, AJ can guard a, a post guy or AJ can guard a wing guy, or AJ can guard a uh, a point guard if he has to. And um they have several guys that they that can be versatile like that defensively. They're active and, and tough and strong and athletic, so um it's not gonna be a, a seventy to 70-68 to 68 game, I can almost guarantee you that.
1: Finley meets Toledo St. John's in the district final. You can hear Mike Miller with the call beginning with the Trojan pregame show at 645. Tip is at 7 o'clock here on 1330 WFIN WFIN.com and 95.5 FM.
0: That'll be tonight right here on our airwaves. Uh, other games, district finals happening around the area. A couple of uh, other teams, area teams, that remain in action. Carey and Calvert will play for a district final tonight or district title tonight uh, over at Liberty Benton in Division 4. That one is going to be a dandy of a game. Meanwhile, Ottoville and Columbus Grove meet up this evening for uh, district uh, bragging rights. Uh, Ottawa Glandorf plays on Saturday against Wayne Trace. You'll hear that one on our sister station, 106.3 The Fox. And, of course, best of luck. To the OG girls, uh, the girls uh, now into the regional rounds, so uh, best of luck to the uh, Lady Titans as well, coverage of OG basketball on 106.3 The Fox, and you can follow all of the action from around the area, uh, those teams that remain on the uh, tournament trail, at our webpage, wfin.com scoreboard. Our scoreboard page powered by ScoreStream, and that link is at goodmornings.net. Best of luck to all of the area teams. This seems like the perfect topic to talk about as we head into the weekend and head towards spring. These days, you can't go to a grocery store, a liquor store, or a socially distanced backyard barbecue without seeing a can of hard seltzer, the popularity of which is exploding. In fact, it is the fastest growing category in the alcoholic beverages industry with an expected sales of $2.7 billion this year. Ricardo Marquez is the vice president of marketing for Michelob Ultra, joining us to uh, talk about the, this growing trend and uh, to learn more about their newest flavor release in this increasingly crowded space. So, Ricardo, as we said, fastest growing category in this industry. Why do you think that is?
5: Well, good morning. Thank you for having me. And you're absolutely right. I mean, seltzers have been exploding in popularity over the last few years and show no sign of slowing down whatsoever. And and that comes down to the fact that Seltzer is very much so catered to what uh, people are looking for today, right? So uh, drinkers are looking for light refreshment. Uh, They love to explore different flavor combinations. And then, of course, more and more, the health-conscious drinker looking for uh, uh, zero-carb, zero-sugar, low-calorie options. And and that's exactly why Seltzer fits very much so fit into the lifestyle of today's drinker.
0: So between the popularity of craft brews and now this legacy players such as Anheuser-Busch InBev, your parent company, have taken a bit of a hit in market share. How is your brand positioned to recapture that market and capitalize on this rapidly expanding hard seltzer category?
5: Well, actually with with uh, Anheuser-Busch with our portfolio of brands, we we uh, doubled our sharing to this, this amazing segment over the last, uh, couple of years. We have a very exciting portfolio of brands and we believe that, you know, with Mikolo I mean, this is the, the hottest brand in the industry today, growing popularity from literally from coast to coast and, and a brand that has a reputation, uh, for a premium, low carb, low calorie, uh, offerings. And, and our, uh, Mikolo organic seltzer is no different. This is why we believe, uh, that we're uniquely placed to capture uh, some growth in this in this segment.
0: In fact, you are here this morning to uh, introduce a, a new variety pack known as the Classic Collection, it says here, and it has three new flavors. So tell us about this.
5: That's right. I mean, perfect timing, right? I mean, thinking about spring, uh, that's just around the corner. Uh, we're today introducing our second variety pack, our Classics Collection edition to our Miklo Organic uh, uh, Seltzer family. So this is uh, all new, brings, we're bringing all new flavor combinations in this uh, second variety pack with mango, apricot, mixed berry, and citrus. Uh, all of it made with real organic juice, only 90 calories, no added sugar, and of course, all of it USDA organic certified. So we think this is going to do really, really well uh, for, for, for spring and then summer, of course.
0: You emphasize the organic part. Is that what sets this collection apart from other hard seltzers that are out there on the market?
5: That is indeed one of the, one of the things that we're really proud of. I mean, we, we went through this very rigorous process to get our seltzers to be USTA certified organic. That's definitely one of the elements that sets us apart. But then on top of it, I mean, our seltzer is filtered for six times for a smooth finish. Uh, we have none of the artificial aftertaste that's sometimes prevalent in some of the existing uh, options in market. And then, of course, we're bringing, uh, you know, new flavor combinations uh, with this uh, low calorie, low carb package. So we think this is somewhat of a unique uh, proposition into, into what exists today. And as we say, it is indeed as real as it tastes.
0: So I gotta ask, did you get to be one of the taste testers for this? I mean, is that part of the job? Because I'm thinking that would be like the coolest job in the world.
5: Look, it it is a tough job, but someone <laughs> has to do it, right? I,
0: so, so my follow up, so my follow up question, obviously, is what, which is your favorite? Which should we try first?
5: Oh, that that's a hard question because I love all of of our different flavor combinations, <laughs> but I have to say. That I that I you know that I I, I absolutely uh, love the uh, uh, cucumber lime uh, okay. option which we've launched earlier this year. It's part of our signature collection. Uh, that one is amazing. I mean, all of them are, but that one in particular, I really really enjoy. <laughs> We're
0: going to put you on the spot here this morning again, uh, <laughs> Ricardo Marquez, Vice President of Marketing for Michelob Ultra uh, and their uh, new classic collection of hard seltzers. Where do we get more information?
5: Well, for more information, uh, our website, uh, com, and then our social pages uh, on Instagram and Facebook at Micoloboltra.
0: We'll get it up there on our webpage as well. Ricardo, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it.
5: Thank you for having me.
0: Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. And boy, can I relate to this. A new survey finds that 80% of Americans say they have at least one cleaning black hole in their home. Uh, meaning an, an area that seems to be impossible to consistently keep clean and tidy and organized. A cleaning black hole. 80% of us. Some common cleaning black holes include closets, garages, and basements. So, <laughs> and that I, I, 80% may actually be a low number. I think that may be an underestimation, but when asked why these cleaning black holes exist, 34% of those in the survey Said that they feel too overwhelmed or distracted to tackle them. Thirty-two percent said that their space is too small, and nineteen percent blamed someone else in the household for causing too many messes. <laughs> That's right. Pass the buck. A great American tradition. An even higher number, 88%, said in this survey, which by the way was conducted by one poll for Closet Made, a closet organizing company. Uh at least 88% say they have a junk drawer in their home. <laughs> and 35% say they actually uh, have a they actually find a specific drawer that they will designate and name the junk drawer when they move someplace new. <laughs> And I'm I'm guilty of that. As a matter of fact, uh, funny story, true story. Uh, this is uh, an ongoing joke between myself and my uh, daughter-in-law, who uh, when, <laughs> when the first time she came over to her house, oh, this is our junk drawer. She was like, what? What is that? <laughs> it's a junk drawer. Don't you have a junk drawer? Everybody has a junk drawer. This is an ongoing joke. Absolutely, we have a junk drawer. 49% say they have a laundry chair. where all the dirty clothes seem to land 38% have a paper pile that needs to be sorted, but never seems to get sorted and 24% have a junk bowl or a junk dish for things like extra sets of keys and spare change and that kind of thing Uh, It was pointed out to me that we were talking earlier about having those real meaningful conversations with other people uh, despite our differences, where we can learn the things that are universal, that, uh, you know, those shared experiences, this would be one. <laughs> Have those real meaning that we are more alike than we are different. Despite our political differences, despite our, you know, all of these uh, other things that divide us, the junk drawer <laughs> is is what is, is what brings us together uh, in America. And I, I mentioned... And this is an absolutely true story that uh, my daughter-in-law and I have this uh, running joke about our junk drawer uh, at our house. The first time that she uh, that, that she met us, she came over to, to our house. Uh, she went to the kitchen to get, you know, I don't know, a fork. We were having something to eat and she goes to get some silverware and pulls out and she opens the drawer and it's our junk drawer. I said, what is this? I said, this is our junk drawer. This is a true story. This is our junk drawer. Junk drawer." She said, what is that? I was like, don't tell me that you've never heard of it. A- She's from California, so they're weird. They don't have junk drawers, apparently. And, <laughs> and so this became a running joke. So when my son and daughter in law bought their first house, uh, the first thing <laughs> that she did, <laughs> she sent me a uh, text message with a photo. They now have a junk drawer. So we interrupt this program to bring you a broken <laughs> news alert. <laughs> she says, We have a junk drawer. I was like, I win. Uh, Time for uh, today's uh, broken news report. The odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. The Lee County Sheriff's Office in Florida says 21-year-old Adrian Gonzalez was arrested this past Wednesday after he showed up naked at his neighbor's home on Tuesday afternoon and began tapping on her door. Uh, The resident of the home asked Mr. Gonzalez if he needed her assistance, but he did not respond. And a half hour later, the homeowner saw him jumping on her family's trampoline, still naked, mind you, (laughs) jumping on their trampoline in the backyard. Uh, She thought that was a bit odd, but then when he began touching himself, she decided it was time to call 911. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. I think that's a good, good threshold. You've gone uh, over the top uh, there. Uh, police say Mr. Gonzalez ran up to the woman's door demanding entry, and when she refused, he allegedly smashed her kitchen window. Lee County deputies arrived and took Mr. Gonzalez into custody. I'm thinking that there might have been some sort of intoxicating substance involved. Report doesn't say that, but I don't think that that going too far out on a limb by uh, supposing that. elsewhere in the broken news, police arrested a man in um, where is this Panama City Beach or Panama City, Florida. Police arrested a man they believe has been dressing up as a Home Depot employee in order to steal from the store (laughs) and not just that store but uh stores all across the florida panhandle police say they responded to a home depot location after callers say that uh, a, a man was seen loading merchandise onto the back of a moving truck in the store's parking lot they say he was wearing a home depot apron in an attempt to conceal what he was really doing Police say the man tried to run but was caught after a short chase. Investigators say he had taken more than $1,500 in merchandise from the location in Panama City. They also suspect him in a similar theft uh, from stores in Tallahassee and uh, other uh, stores up and down the Panhandle as well. So he had a whole uh, crime ring going here. At all three locations, they say somebody... Was reportedly dressed like an employee stealing goods from the store. As other agencies investigate the cases, more charges could come. It's charged with grand theft, scheme to defraud, possession of meth, <laughs> surprise, surprise, and resisting arrest in conjunction with the incident at the Panama City store. <laughs> it seemed like such a great plan, too. That's. I believe he got caught. Uh, This is crazy. Pieces of 16th century armor are back at the Louvre Museum in Paris nearly 40 years after being stolen. The ornate helmet and body armor encrusted in gold and silver had been gifted by the Baroness Solomon de Rothschild in 1922 and it vanished in 1983 uh, its theft deeply troubled museum staff when it was taken, but investigators recently recovered the pieces, which will go on display when the museum reopens following the pandemic. Details around the armor's disappearance and the recovery effort have not been released. Why would somebody steal 16th century armor? I mean, that's all of the things to steal. That seems very strange. Maybe he was using it at Home Depot. I don't know. And finally, in the uh, broken news, cats don't care if you get to work on time. Uh, train service, commuter train service in England was delayed on Wednesday when a cat refused to come down off the roof of the train. Staff say that the cat was wide-eyed and terrified as it perched precariously close to the 25,000-volt overhead lines which powered the train's. The train had to be taken out of service uh, and replaced with another, so the whole fiasco only caused minor delays to commuters. The cat remained on the train for two and a half hours before being coaxed to safety. Thank goodness they had another train that they could you know, put into service and get people where they needed to go. Can you imagine trying to explain that to your boss? Honestly, I was late to work because there was a cat that was stuck on top of the train. <laughs> Honestly, that's I, I'm i not kidding about it. I don't think that would fly. There you go. That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
3: You can help recognize outstanding teachers in Findlay and Hancock County nominate a current teacher who made a difference in your life for the Finley Rotary Club's Golden Apple Awards. Place your nomination online at finleyrotary.org. Nomination deadline is April 2nd. Please promote the work, dedication, and achievements of all
1: teachers by nominating an excellent teacher for the Golden Apple Awards. This message provided by WFIN.
0: So you like a good hard seltzer, don't you? We were talking about uh, oh, earlier yeah. the hard seltzer hard craze. That's what
2: I drink right now.
0: <laughs> there you go. Prime example. We were just talking. They about They have the a hard
2: margarita s- one. It's really good. <laughs>
0: talking about the hard seltzer uh, craze. but you are mango. also you are also a bit of a wine person yes, you're very much a wine person wine. you know and I'm
2: actually learning to I used to be a sweet wine but now doing these seltzers I think that's helped me and I do well, the go. more dry wines okay. now well, there you so, go. which is healthier for you
0: the reason I bring this up uh, wine and cheese are I mean that's the traditional pairing right you do oh, yeah. a wine and cheese mm-hmm. night have yep. you ever wondered yep. why wine and cheese well science Science has the answer. Of course they do. French scientists. So, of course, French scientists would <laughs> oh, look yes, at this. yes, yes. Uh, they have uncovered why wine and cheese go so well together. Okay. Uh, researchers at the University of Bordeaux uh, found that lipids or fatty molecules in food interact with compounds in wine called uh, grape tannins that actually make the drink taste better. Huh. Okay. They, they ultimately found that adding... Grape tannin to the lipids caused something called creaming at the top of their samples, ma- making the top turn creamy and the bottom turn transparent. Okay. So it the bigger lipid droplets mask the astringent taste of the tannins. Olive oil was found to have the greatest effect, yeah. with human volunteers reporting it made the wine taste fruity instead of astringent
2: oh yeah so, so there you go get your bread now you know in your olive oil now have you know that why. with your yep yeah,
0: lots you, of, you know those
2: carbs not
0: <laughs> science has the answer hey I my wife carbs. my wife Kyra is in the <laughs> studio with us it is time for another collection of recipes from Kyra's kitchen and this week we have a, a special collection by request yes. we got a request for a <laughs> homemade Pizza Pizza. recipe. And so, you know, somebody said, do you have a homemade pizza recipe? Why, of course we do. Yes. Why, of course we do. So uh, we have some yummy recipes for a made-from-scratch family pizza night. How do we do this homemade thin crust pizza?
2: So for the dough, you need a three-fourths cup of lukewarm water, one teaspoon of active dry rice our dry yeast sorry dry yeast one cup all-purpose flour uh, plus more for kneading um, a half a teaspoon of salt two tablespoons of butter then for the toppings just your favorite pizza toppings yeah uh, your your pizza sauce your mozzarella cheese right. and if you have your onions your mushrooms red whatever peppers, you like. whatever I mean whatever any like. whatever whatever you like on your pizza. So preheat the oven to 425. While the oven is preheating, add some butter to—I add butter to my iron skillet, because that's what I use my for my pizza, mm-hmm. um, and uh, place that in the oven to melt the butter. Um, then prepare your dough, pour the water into a medium bowl, sprinkle the yeast over the water, and let it stand there for about um, three to five minutes. It's going to get kind of foamy on top, Um and uh, it's going to have the brown color of the yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, then add the flour and the salt. Then uh, mix with a, a stiff spatula or a wooden spoon. Um, and then sometimes you just have to, at the end, use your hands um, and uh, to get that dough form. Yeah. Um, or if you have a nice electric mixer, use that with the with the um, um, dough hook. Um, and you can do that, too. So then turn the dough um, out onto a work surface and um, knead it um, slightly tacky ball. Um, if if it's a little tacky, um, add just a little bit more flour until it's kind of nice and smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, then um, put in a bowl. And let it sit for about 5 to 10 minutes. Um, During that 5 to 10 minutes, then if you have any of your toppings you need to prepare, you can go ahead and get those prepared. Um, Then after that, then you're going to be rolling out your dough. Um, I use, some people use their hands. I use my rolling pin. Roll it out. Um, Then um, you'll be getting your iron skillet back out of the oven. Uh, Place your dough in there. Um, kind of forming around. Put it back in the oven for about um, uh, five five minutes or so. Bring it back out. Put your toppings on, and then let it cook for about another um, oh, 15 to eighteen minutes, depending on how how um, you like your cheese. If you like it, <laughs> if you like it just nice and melty and smooth, then probably closer to the fifteen minutes. And how
0: well done you want your
2: crust? Correct.
0: Yeah. Yes. So.
2: Yep. So, so, and then take it out, let it rest for about five minutes, slice it up, and serve.
0: And uh, there you go, your uh, homemade pizza with all of your favorite toppings,
2: yes, including Fruit Loops. Fruit. I know. I saw that. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm wondering if it's more a dessert pizza. If it's more a a dessert pizza, pizza. Pizza Place then, in
0: Iowa, if, if folks yeah. have not seen this, uh, yeah. Pizza Place in Iowa has gone viral for their Fruit Loops pizza. Yeah. And yeah. I have, did you see With the picture? Cream cheese. Yeah. See yeah. the picture? There's yes. the picture yep. of it. With Yeah. With
2: like a cream cheese um, frosting on so top. So
0: if you try so, that, let us know how yeah. it goes. Because I think we the will crust not,
2: shouldn't be a regular crust, it should be a different type of crust. I don't know. <laughs> we
0: will not be trying that at our household. So if you try it.
2: <laughs> oh, come you, on, honey. You like no. Fruit Loops? No,
0: just no. No. <laughs> Uh, if you try it, though, you can let us know. Uh, to go along with the uh, homemade thin crust pizza, we've got a uh, really cool recipe for homemade potato chips, which yes. is really easy. Yes.
2: Yeah. So this is really simple. So just two medium potatoes, two teaspoons of olive oil, and salt for taste. So pretty much pre Preheat your oven to 400 degrees. Prep a baking sheet with parchment paper or I love my silicone mat that my honey got me. It's awesome. I use it a (laughs) lot. (laughs) Uh, Prep your potatoes um, using a sharp knife or a food processor um, and make the thin thin slices about one-sixteenth of an inch. Yep. Um, And then um, uh, pat them dry. Um, to get off the excess moisture, and then um, place them on the cookie sheet. Um, put your olive oil on it, your salt, season it, flip it, kind of separate them so they're not touching each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, then bake them in the oven for two to five minutes, or I'm sorry, for seven to nine minutes. And then uh, keep your eye on them. Once they start getting crispy crown, flip them. You know, and then... um, Another seven to nine minutes on the other side. Yep, and then um, two to five minutes to let it rest and ready to go.
0: There you go. And for dessert, mint chocolate cheesecake dip.
2: Yes. So this is real easy also. It's just an eight-ounce thing of cream cheese softened, a half a cup of unsalted butter softened, three-fourths cup of powdered sugar, one teaspoon of mint extract, one cup of semi-sweet... Um, chocolate chips, and two to three drops of green food coloring. Um, Pretty much you're just combining um, the uh, cream cheese and the butter to make it smooth, then slowly adding the powdered sugar, the mint extract, and then uh, fold in, oh, and the food coloring, Right. and fold in your chocolate chips. Don't use your mixer for that uh, because you'll chop up your chocolate chips. (laughs) Um, Then store in an air uh, container in the fridge until you're ready to serve. Serve with your Oreos, your uh, animal crackers, your Mm. chocolate graham crackers, Mm, mm, any mm. type of stuff like that. Good stuff. So, yeah.
0: So there you go. uh, Your recipes for a made-from-scratch family pizza night. The homemade thin-crust pizza, the homemade potato chips, and the mint chocolate cheesecake dip for dessert, yes, good stuff, and we've got those recipes linked up at our uh, well at our Facebook page. We've got the uh, recipes posted on the uh, Facebook page, and also linked up at GoodMornings.net. Uh, those re- uh, recipes by request. So if you have yep. uh, something that you uh, or have oh, a hankering yeah. have a hankering for, just let us know. Yep, And we're more than happy to uh, share what we've got. If you have a recipe you would like to share with everyone, by all means, we'd uh, love to have that too. You can email us, go to goodmornings.net for all those details. My wife Kyra... Thanks very much for dropping by. You're welcome. And that will put a wraps on our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us and thank you for listening in. Remember, you can check out our webpage for more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the program. Also connect with us on our social media channels. Find the link to email us with anything that you'd like to share directly. Sign up for our daily email newsletter and lots more, goodmornings.net. So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out make it a good day, a great weekend, and we'll catch you back here next week.